but I'd always loved writing. And I decided, you know, the worst case scenario here is that I write a book and not many people do that in their lifetime. So that's a great achievement, even if it sells nothing. Um, so I decided to do it and, you know, I saw some early success, nothing huge, but enough that it made me think, actually, you know, this is, the numbers are looking positive considering it's the first book release. And, you know, if I just can keep this going, I think this is really going to go somewhere. And, um, and it, it, it did. There is nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed and bleed and bleed. I'm J.S. Leonard, and you're listening to Bleeding Ink, a podcast for fearless authors who want to make a dent in the universe. This is episode 18. If this is your first taste of Bleeding Ink, mosey on over to bleedingink.fm. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-I-N-K.fm and check out all the previous brain-boosting episodes. I've interviewed New York Times bestselling authors to award-winning editors to book sale geniuses, all of which will teach you how to entrance your readers, change lives, and enable your own rewarding lifestyles. Tune in every other week on iTunes or Stitcher, and to stay up to date, follow me on Twitter, at JSLAuthor, and visit bleedinginc.fm, where you can sign up for the mailing list. I've come across and interviewed many book coach consultants, and they're great. They unshackle you from the manacles of tired ideas and force you to dare bigger and do larger. My guest today, Nick Stevenson, went from dreading his soul-sucking job to becoming a best-selling author. He spent years stumbling and got fed up with what seemed like an impossible production schedule and cleverly set about building an audience that couldn't wait to purchase his next novel. It occurred to him that the whole release-a-book-every-six-weeks cycle was unsustainable and offered little in return for the time spent. He noticed the success of services like BookBub, who had massive mailing lists, and decided, hey, why can't I do the same? If you have an engaged audience, you can skip the middleman. But how does an author, or anyone selling a product, skip the middleman? It's not like you can just throw up a website and expect sales to roll in. Nick decided to leverage sites like Amazon to grow his audience, to convert Amazon traffic into hungry fans. Nick has perfected the art of leveraging monolithic systems to turn attention toward his books. And now he teaches other authors how to do the same. It's got me terribly excited, not just for its potential, which it has plenty of, but also for its complete lack of sleaziness. It's one of the most honest and delightful sales techniques I've seen. Before I launch into our interview, stick around until the end of the episode. I have a fun announcement. And here we go. Enjoy. Good day, everyone. I have Nick Stevenson on the podcast, and I'm super stoked to have him on the show. This man knows how to market books and write tons of awesome content and get it out in the world into the hands of many, 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 many people. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, As we were just saying before we got started, I'm only slightly aching from my first return session to the gym. So if I pass out from lack of sugar, um, (laughs) you'll know why there's dead air. There might but be a yes. long pause, so beware of that. <laughs> It'll be a sound of like creaking and then yeah. the trees falling over or something. We can add it in post. Do you have, um, do you have uh, trees where you are? Like an hour lots north of, of London? Trees. Lots of lots? trees. It's yeah. all about the trees around here. Man, and I, horses. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit jealous. I, I'm in the desert in nah. Las Vegas. And yeah. very few <laughs> you, trees. You don't get trees at all. No, we get Close the rustling of, 
the rustling of snakes and yeah. scorpions. Well, that's, that's <laughs> relaxing in its own way. It's, it's totally relaxing. I'm constantly relaxed. <laughs> just, just listening to the chirp of the scorpions. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the, the, yeah, they're beautiful, especially the... Yeah, anyways. All right, Nick, for those who don't know who you are, go ahead and tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I am a, a fiction and nonfiction author. Um, I write the Leopold Blake series um, for fiction. Um, and for nonfiction, I focused entirely on teaching authors how to market their work and build their reader base. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the founder of Your First 10,000 Readers, which is an online um, community and training course for authors, which is well, it's designed to do that, really, um, help people find their first 10,000 readers, really mm-hmm. building a platform of readers that authors themselves can control. So I think, you know, everyone listening to this probably is aware that, you know, Amazon is the big dog when it comes to self-publishing. And I'm sorry, you, publishing you, said, in general. You, you said Amazon? What's this Amazon you speak uh, exactly. of? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's one of these up and coming new players. It's <laughs> trending for next year. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Keep an eye on them. Yeah. Stop tip of the year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> These guys, you know, uh, Amazon are great, but the problem is, is when you are, you know, uploading your book and then kind of forgetting about it, moving on to the next book, mm-hmm. um, it's all is well and good while you're getting sales through, you know, if you're getting sales through. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is you don't know who's buying mm-hmm. and you have no way of reaching out to these people in the future. Mm-hmm. And we know that people who have, you know, bought something from us are, 10 times more likely to buy from us again. But we're not able to follow up. We're not able to um, develop a relationship with anybody. So bear in mind, for most authors, you know, even indie authors who are making you know, an absolute killing, the vast majority of the world has no idea who you are. You know, unless you're Dan Brown or Stephen yeah. King, um, yeah. most people probably don't know who you are. So they're coming to you cold, and you want to have an opportunity to kind of build a bit of trust, a bit of relationship with them first before you start selling. And I've seen from testing um, this, kind of, this kind of launch sequence, this like trust-building exercise, that sales increase dramatically when, you, when readers actually have a bit of an idea who you are first, mm-hmm. and then they look at buying something from you. And once they do buy something from you, they're much more likely to buy again in the future. So for me and for what I teach, it's all about building that platform that you have direct access to. So you don't have to rely on Amazon to do all the work, you know, which I said, you know, it's great when the sun's shining, but if they decide to, you know, suddenly introduce, you know, some crazy idea like a unlimited subscription plan for readers, you know, that'd be crazy. Never going to happen. But if they did, um, <laughs> they, you know, if they did and um, people see, you know, huge drops in sales, they see algorithms getting all messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, you know, next year, maybe Amazon decides that, you know, instead of paying you in money, they're going to pay you in stamps. Yeah. yeah, they could, they probably won't, but they could do crazy stuff. Yeah. So we don't have any control over that. And part of reducing the risk in our business and taking control back is having access to the people who are going to buy from us. So this is kind of the thing that I go on and on and on about all the time yeah. and try to teach authors how to do it themselves. Yeah, I definitely want to dive into that uh, a bunch more a little bit later. So um, what, when did you release your first book? Your first fiction um, book. First fiction book was 2013 when I finally got it out. Oh, wow. It's recent. So it's very recent. Um, and this coincided with um, the birth of my first son as well. He was basically oh, on the day. Now, I, ha- wow. I had previously released the book um, a couple of months prior, but it was so awful. 
um, that I just I uh, took it down. Awful in what way? It was just you know I I came at this with the idea that I wanted to write something and I didn't care if it sold. Right. So I did, and um, you know put it up there, and then a couple of months later, people were buying it. They were quite liking it, but then I reread it. You know, uh-huh. having written the novel, going back over it. You know, it's, having yeah. written one novel is exponentially better than having written no novel. So I picked up a lot of, you know, style quirks and it was just shit, basically. So I decided yeah. to redo the whole thing, um, which took so a So you few- just rewrote the entire novel in two months? Um, more or less, yeah. Nice. So just okay. the, not from scratch, but going through each and every line and changing the stuff I thought was terrible and making mm-hmm. it just flow better, better language. The story made a lot more sense. It was tighter. Um, and I was much happier with it. And then I re-released it in, in, the, uh, in February of 2013 and off we went. Yeah, that's, that's great. So how did you um, initially stumble upon these, these really clever ideas, uh, these marketing ideas, these ways to get your book into the hands of so many people? Like, was it with your first book or by your third book? At what point were you like, oh, I see some strategies here that I can, I can start to use and create to, to, to you know, make this a full-time thing? Well, it was, it was about 18 months in. And uh-huh. the thing for me, and I think a lot of people will, will, um, will recognize this, is I released my first book and it sold um, a, a decent number of copies for its first, first release. Um, and then it kind of tailed off. And then I yeah. released another book and it had a similar, slightly higher effect. Then it tailed off. Then a third, fourth, fifth book. Each time I was releasing a new book, my sales were going up, but not by that much. Okay. So it kind of felt that if I carried on doing what I was doing, that I was going to have to release a new book every six weeks yeah. just to kind of see this very slow growth. Sure. And, you know, a lot of authors who have kind of made it big, and there aren't that many of them, but those who have tend to have this huge backlist and this crazy production schedule. And I was like, you know, I... I can't keep this up. You know, I have a, I have a young, young family. I have other responsibilities. I have maybe one or two hours per day where I can write and market and do my own thing. And that's pushing it and that's staying up late, getting up early. So the idea of having to release a new book every six weeks for the rest of existence <laughs> didn't fill me with joy. So I kind of started looking for other ways of making my marketing more effective. Like, as I said earlier, the vast majority of the world never heard of me at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of, I'm releasing books to people who are kind of aware of me. What if I could release my books to people who had never heard of me? That 99.99%. What if I focused on taking my existing five books as it was at the time and showing them to new people instead of writing new books for the people I already have? Cause I didn't have that many that seemed to make more sense. And it was really inspiration from, uh, this was around the time BookBub came along, yeah. the, the big advertising guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't know who they are, they're, they're basically just an email list advertiser. And you pay, you know, through the nose to get featured in one of their emails. And they email out a book to hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And your book hits the top of the charts, you know, almost yeah. every time. So I thought, you know, if I, if I had an email list like BookBub do, but just for me, then I could do this whenever I want. And I don't have to rely on Amazon. I don't have to rely on BookBub because they don't take you every single time you apply. Some authors have never been in. They've never been able to get in. So you can't I rely. Can't, I, 
I've tried for like 10 months and I could, I could it's get it. It's tough. And yeah. it's not like they give you specific feedback on why, you know. No. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of smaller advertisers you can use as well, but you have to, you know, you have to rely on their schedule. Um, and if you're not using advertising, you have to rely on Amazon somehow magically deciding to promote your book for you. And it's just kind of like, I want to take control. I want to have this mailing list that I can use to promote myself whenever I want. I can control my schedule and control my sales. And that's what I decided to do was build the email list. Mm -hmm. And that was really the turning point for me. And that was 18 months in. Mm -hmm. So it was a good year and a half of floundering many, and wondering what to do. How many were you five? You were five books in at this point, five books in. And it was the, the, the real catalyst for me was, you know, seeing my, my earnings plateau. Yeah. And this was at the time when I was, you know, I, I was talking to my, uh, my then girlfriend, and we said, you know, I really want to be able to write full time. And we kind of sat down and we ran through the numbers. Mm -hmm. And we said, like, you know, Nick, if you, can, if you can earn the same amount of money that you make from your job for six months in a row, then also having six months worth of savings, yeah. you can do that. Yeah. You know, and that, that's kind of, that sounded quite reasonable. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a great approach to that. Um, cause I've known some authors that sort of just go all in and kind of ruin their financial lives and, uh, <laughs> well, and then they tempted. have to believe me, yeah, I was tempted, yeah. but, but that, that's a, that's a very reasonable, um, sort of approach. That. And that's a year, you know, it's having, having the kids kind of makes forces you into that, that. really does. Definitely yeah, that does. really does. Yeah. And it, this was the frustration for me was I was releasing these new books, but my earnings were not going up enough for me to see how this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this was the problem, you know, they were, I was earning maybe two thirds of what I was earning at the job. But uh, every time I released a new book, I was going up by like 5%. Mm. You know, so it's like, well, okay, so do I need to release 20 more books mm -hmm. before this happens? That's going to take me, you know, I currently do four books a year. That's going to take me five years. It's too long. And when something might change in the meantime, who knows? You know, it's just crazy. I need to, I need to be more smart with the way I'm approaching this. So that's where the kind of the drive to do something different. You know, that so, saying, uh, what got you here won't get you there. Right. And what got me to that point was writing the books and what, what I needed to get to the next point was something different. So you decided to start this mailing list. What was your first step to creating that? A crap ton of research, really. Mm -hmm. um, starting with BookBub. But um, I, I, I couldn't figure out really how they were getting people on their list. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't figure it out. I don't know where they where they advertise. I still Pretty don't. Sure, they they probably bought a lot of lists. It was quite likely. Um, so I, I started looking in other industries instead. So similar industries, anybody who was kind of visibly successful at selling stuff online, you know, digital products, because sure. you know, books are digital products. You know, the the, the process is largely the same. Um, whether it's a book or a course or a piece of software, you know, you, you've got to get people onto your mailing list and get people onto your product pages. Same kind of sequence. So I started looking at people like Pat Flynn um, and um, Derek Halpern at Social Triggers and mm -hmm. Digital Marketer is a great website as well and started just doing a lot of kind of crazy mad scientist research <laughs> and experimenting um, over the course of the following, um, following six months and really – it all boils down to um, what I like to think of as a, like a three-step formula. Okay. Um, building a mailing list really is a case of, um, one, 
getting traffic, you know, people looking at you. Um, step two, converting those people into subscribers. And then step three is developing a relationship with them where you can then sell. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of traffic, conversions, and then engagement, those three steps. Mm-hmm. And I focused all of my marketing energy really on those three things. So I, I would think to myself, you know, is this thing I'm doing right now, is it going to increase traffic? Is it going to increase conversions? Is it going to increase you know, sales and engagement with people? And if it didn't, then I would just not bother. A mm-hmm. uh, good example of which was uh, when I early days, I, I spent a lot of time doing um, tweet teams. I don't know if they mm-hmm. still exist. Tweet um, teams. But they're, they're, they're terrible. <laughs> what, are, what, what is a tweet team? All right, this is where, um, this is where you get maybe 20 people, maybe ah. more, um, and they're all in like a little group, and they agree to retweet each other's tweets. Ah. You know? So I go, you know, I've got a great book out, RT, hashtag, pile of crap, whatever. And people will retweet that to their audience because you've got 20 people doing it. The idea is that, you know, riches and fame will await you very quickly. Of course, when you look at the data, you find that actually nobody ever clicks these links that people are retweeting. (laughs) Nobody ever pays attention whatsoever. But you feel as though you're doing something, you know, because it takes an hour to do this thing because you have to retweet everyone else as well. So you spend a full hour doing this every single day and you think, yes, I am, I'm like, I'm on the path to success now because I, I've done lots of work today. Um, and then you realize that actually none of it was of any use whatsoever. Yeah. And this was the big problem that that happens so much with, you know, blog tours is another thing. You know, people often pay hundreds of dollars to go on this blog tour where people will talk about their books supposedly. Um, but when you look at the blogs they're going on, they ha- these blogs have no visitors. Mm. You know, so you're, you're sending out this, article about your book to dozens of blogs, none of which have any readers, you know, but it feels like you're doing work. So until you look at the, at the, at the numbers until you say, you know, is this going to increase traffic conversions or sales? You know, no, it's not. So don't do it. You know, the blog tour takes a lot of time. Tweet teams take a lot of time. Messing around on Facebook takes a lot of time and -hmm. generally gets you nowhere unless you're paying for advertising. And -hmm. there's just so many marketing activities that I had been doing that were just essentially useless. So it was, it was time for a change. And it, my sole focus then became getting people onto an email list. That was the only thing that yeah. I lived for for yeah. a good long time. Yeah, fun, funnel, create that funnel. Exactly. So um, what, did you, what did you first focus on? Like when you were you know, looking at your traffic conversion and engagement, um, what, where did you, you know, put most of your eggs in the beginning? And how did you measure this stuff? Like, you know, you're saying that Twitter, you know, wouldn't wouldn't provide you the conversion, but you felt like you're doing work. At what point were you like, uh, I need to figure out like how to m- find metrics here that are going to make sense? Well, the first thing was, you know, I, I'd use a uh, like a Bitly link shortener or something yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the Twitters, in the tweets, and that would tell tweets, me the uh, in 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 the in the Twittering things, and um, <laughs> you know, it would it would tell me this this link has been clicked X times in the yeah. last month. And when, when that click number was like one, you, you think, yeah. okay, hmm, maybe need to do something else here. Uh, but then it was, it was, you know, learning from the guys in the other industries, in the, in the other kind of digital marketing industries and taking those concepts of, um, you know, offering the, the main thing for me, the first thing was offering a lead magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, I had on my website, um, I had a sign up for my newsletter 
mm-hmm. uh, down one of the columns, a little box where you put your email and you join my newsletter. And I said, you know, sign up for my newsletter and I'll tell you all about my new releases. And I thought, you know, this is going to be it. <laughs> you know, people are just going to be I love your enthusiasm. Flocking, yeah. flocking from miles away to sign up for my newsletter. And of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. the first month I tried this, I had like, I think I had 14 people sign up, yeah. which is so exciting. Yeah. Uh, it was actually happening. You know, I've, I've actually succeeded in doing something. You know, right. you you'll always remember your first time, of right. course. Um, awkward and your and first uh, subscriber. Yeah. Um, but then I thought, <laughs> okay, let's, let's do what, let's do what the pros are doing. Let's, let's offer a little free gift, a little incentive to get people onto my mailing list. So I got rid of the sign up for my newsletter thing. Mm-hmm. And instead I said, if you, if you sign up to my readers group, not newsletter, if you sign up to my readers group, I will give you a free novella, part of the same series, uh, the Leopold Blake series. Put a picture of the book, big old button where they could sign up, and then swapped it out. Yeah. And then I think I left it, and so I was checking it you know, every 10 seconds, as you do. And um, I think within a week, I'd had, um, I'd had 100 people sign up. Yeah. So you know, what's that, 30 yeah. times improvement or something yeah. ridiculous um, or more. So I can't remember the actual stats off the top of my head, but it was huge. It yeah, was a that's, huge that's a, deal. That's a massive difference. How, 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 how was the traffic? Was it just conversion? You had traffic that wasn't converting and suddenly that was the switch. That exactly. Ah. Because I had a link to my website in every single one of my books. Mm-hmm. And I was doing free promotions um, with KDP Select. I was doing my, my five-day free promotions. I was kind of splitting them up doing two here, two there, one here, one there. Um, And I was noticing that when I did a free promotion, um, I would get a lot of people clicking through to my website. Then I would also get a lot of people sign up to my readers group and get their free book. And I could see the peaks and troughs. When I was running this free promotion, I get a huge spike of my visitors. And um, I get a huge spike in signups as well. I Mm -hmm. thought, hang on a minute. I'm onto something here. And I thought, okay, <laughs> if the value is in the subscriber, mm-hmm. then to improve my business, I need more subscribers. Not more sales, I need more subscribers. Mm-hmm. Like Facebook in the early days. Yeah. Don't care about revenue, I just want users. So yeah. All I wanted was uh, people on my mailing list. Didn't care about anything else. Yeah. Had a full-time job. You know, I had the money uh, to, to pay the bills. I just really wanted to focus on growing the actual reader base. That was what I wanted to do. So I uh, took one of my books, um, got, got it out of KDP Select, got it up on the other platforms, uh, and made it like, permanently. W- like Barnes & Noble and Kobo and yeah, stuff like that? Through, Draft to Digital? Draft to Digital, yeah. yeah. Um, made it free. Asked, um, asked Amazon to price match it. So, and they will do, generally. If, if your book is cheaper elsewhere, they will price match it. Mm-hmm. So if it's free on Apple and Kobo and Barnes & Noble and any other stores like that, uh, Amazon will usually price match it on Amazon as well, making it free all the time on Amazon. So I did this. And then I saw, you know, the, the book was, was, was popular. It was a thriller, had a good cover, you know, it had a good title. You know, people were interested in it. And I started seeing, you know, in the beginning, I was getting about 500 downloads a day as a, as a free book. You know, it was crazy mm, yeah. across the US and the UK and the other countries as well. It was about 500 a day. And I would see these people clicking through to my website mm. and then joining my mailing list. And then I'd run, I'd still run those BookBub promotions as well from time to time, do a free promotion. And then I'd get those people onto my mailing list as well. 
Mm-hmm. But the permanently free book, you know, it's like the little engine that could. It kind of just chugs away in the background doing its work, you know, doing the heavy lifting, getting people off Amazon onto my website and signing up for my mailing list. Mm-hmm. And because I'm offering a book in the same space that they've just read or just downloaded, mm-hmm. the sign-up rate was huge. You know, it was like 80% conversion mm-hmm. rate on this page. Wow. People were landing on it. They saw the next book in the series for free. They grab it. They're on my mailing list. And then, you know, when book six came along, I had, I think at the time, 5,000 people signed up for my mailing list. Mm-hmm. I started emailing them, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before launch, just kind of teasing, you know, just being one of these shameless teasers yeah. um, about the book, you know, doing a cover reveal, telling them a little bit about the story, you know, filling them in on, you know, how, how I wrote it and what, what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Letting them know I'm going to be running a special kind of price discount on the first day, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, getting them all excited. Yeah. And then on launch day, I emailed out and I said, you know, this book is now going to be, you know, it's going to be a dollar off. I think I can't remember how much I reduced it by, but, you know, however much off regular price for the next 48 hours. Yeah. You know, if you, if you loved Leopold Blake, you're going to love this. This is what happens. Here's the cover again. Here's the links. Go get it in the next 48 hours and save yourself a bit of cash. And lo and behold, you know, I had the best launch that I'd ever had. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. sold... I think I sold close to a thousand books, you know, within the first few days of yeah. that. I, I, outside of BookBub, you know, I'd never sold that many books right. in that period of time before. And that was with 5,000 people. And it was at this point that I realized that this is going to be the game changer. You know, having these people ready and waiting for me to launch a new book or run a promotion on an existing book that they haven't read yet. And they're there ready and waiting. They already like me. They've already kind of committed to me because they've signed up. So I know they like me. It's just a case of now getting them excited and getting them to go buy. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what Amazon does. You know, they do it. <laughs> you go look at a book and you'll be plagued with Google ads and Facebook ads and emails about it for days. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I went, I, I checked out um, The Martian on Amazon. Yep. So I bought the paperback mm-hmm. um, in the States and I wanted to see if the UK version was any different, and it's not. But I was just having a look. And then, you know, within, within a day, I'd had an email about it saying, hey, you checked out The Martian. Do you want to go buy it? I've had another one today, actually, as well. And mm-hmm. it follows me on my Facebook as well, down the right-hand yep. side, little picture. Yep. Think, you know, if, if Amazon's doing this, I'm doing this. But I'm going to make it all about my stuff. And that's really how um, the whole thing kind of came to be. And then since then, really... It's been all about growing that mailing list and branching out into other areas and really helping other authors do the same thing. Because I think it's that mindset shift that it took me 18 months to get and then another sort of six to eight months to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's two years gone yeah. unnecessarily. And, you know, if people, people know this right now and start working on it right now, they can see measurable, tangible differences almost immediately. And that's kind of why I'm a bit of an evangelist about it. I'm jumping in real quick just to give you a heads up about the latter half of this episode. We get into some deep nerdy analytics and we explore what reader magnets are and all kinds of really interesting stuff. But if it's over your head, that's okay because these are these are things you're going to have to familiarize yourself with at some point. So here I am asking Nick about what tools he uses to measure success. 
Um, I use uh, lead pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Google Analytics um, a little bit. It's not very easy to use. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not. Um, and Facebook advertising as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think I've got about, I've got like, oh, I don't know, eight or nine different kind of tracking services. But at the end of the day, I just, I go into my, into my mailing list, into my like, CRM system because I'm using Infusionsoft. Mm. which is, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like it does email, but it also does customer management as well. So you can see, uh, you can look up an email address and see everything about them, like ever. And it, really? runs, it runs these reports. And you can go, right, I want to see, you know, how many people signed up for this today versus how many visits. And that's really easy to do. So I can track pretty much anything these days, which makes me happy because I'm a bit of a geek. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the best part, when you start turning it into a video game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Uh, so, it, 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 it Envision uh, competes with uh, like Mailchimp, right? Uh, not no? really. No, it's, it's Mailchimp is wonderful, and I used Mailchimp um, until you know until the last sort of eight nine months or so. Mm. Uh, Mailchimp. Well, um, I'm going to say they basically just do email, right? Yeah. They they're not really set up for anything particularly complex, and they're not really set up for e-commerce. Right. So now I've, I've kind of, I've done other things as well as sell books. I sell courses and I sell other stuff. Yeah. Um, I can do all that through Infusionsoft. So oh, that's very cool. I did not know that. It's, it's brilliant. So when someone signs up for, you know, um, a particular lead magnet of mine, um, I can then send them to different sequences depending on their behavior. So, you know, if someone signs up for a free ebook from me, for example, I can, Infusionsoft can look at them and go, oh, this customer has signed up for an ebook, but they've already been through sequence a and c so i'm going to send them through sequence b right now um and you know if they buy something then um we'll make sure they go into a buyer's sequence and you don't have to touch it and you can look at the contact record and say oh this person spent you know x amount of dollars this month um and this person spent this much amount uh, amount this month and then you can get like average revenue per subscriber yeah, like a lifetime get, value per subscriber yeah, it's, it's it's literally anything you could possibly need to run a business and it's very very good it's very very painful to use <laughs> because it's it's one of these wonderful pieces of software that has, has blatantly just been layered and layered over time um, and it, you know, it works very, very well, but it's, there's a, there's a very strong learning curve. Um, and it's not cheap as well. It's very expensive. Um, and MailChimp really, if, if you're doing email, um, is the way to go, I think, because it's well, free to get started. I love it. Aweber's it, great as well. There's plenty to choose from. Yeah. It sounds like you would graduate to Infusionsoft, oh, like start sure. with MailChimp and then move up. Never start with Infusionsoft. It's yeah. so, it's, it is tricky. You should feel proud when you buy that license. For oh, you should get a medal. I think they actually yeah. send you, they send you like, a little, a, like a little, a I'm sorry, this is going to be painful kind of <laughs> package. Like, okay, you've got, you know, you've got 50,000 subscribers. You need to move over. This is going to suck. Oh man. Do they help you at all with that? If you have a massive mailing list? You, they do because you have to pay. Um, right. You have to okay. pay a setup fee. Um, that's, that's, I think about, I don't know what it is. It's $1,500, I think, Uh um, just to get started. And then you've got the monthly fees after that. So, um, that is kind of the barrier is if this makes sense to you, then you're probably the right person. If you're just starting, then definitely choose someone else. (laughs) for sure. (laughs) That makes sense. So you said that you have a reader group, right? So you're your lead magnets and let's go and define that real quick. So a lead magnet is some type of like perma-free 
something or other that you give out to people so they sign up for your mailing list? Is that what a yeah, lead magnet would is, be? This is what I call um, reader magnets, mm-hmm. just to make it more obvious what it is. Um, and this is something you offer in return for an email address. So you have your own website, right? You've got a, you've got a page set up with a picture of your free gift. might not be a book. It might be something else relevant to your work, of course. Um, and then like a signed in- headshot of Nick Stevenson. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With a kiss on it. Yeah. yeah I'd, sign, I'd sign up for that. I mean, <laughs> you should, I'm going to set that up. I'm going to put that to the test. I think that would work, but it's, it's a gift of some sort that you're offering in return for an email address. The more relevant it is to your, your target reader, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what a reader magnet is. And my reader group, that's just what I called my newsletter. Cause no one likes the word newsletter, do they? So no, I just yeah, decided to come up with a different name for it. Uh, now, the perma-free book on Amazon, the one that's free all the time, um, that's what drives traffic. So remember I said earlier, it's traffic, conversions, and then engagement. Traffic's coming from the free books on Amazon because they're free all the time. Thus, they are getting many, many downloads because people love free. Um, they see um, a link in the book to take you to the, uh, the page where the reader magnet is offered. That's where the conversion comes in. And then step three, they get onto my mailing list and I start emailing them automatically. Um, I deliver their free book. I give them a little bit of information about me. I kind of um, lead them up the mountain, so to speak, um, towards buying something from me. Because bear in mind, you know, I've given a book away for free on Amazon. Okay, they've clicked through to my website and got another book for free. But I've still got four more books that I want to sell them. So I want to lead them away from expecting free stuff all the time I want to lead them to a place where they want to buy something from me. They've, they've enjoyed what they've got so far. And this is actually true is if I want to get them to a point where if I don't sell to them, they're going to hate me. <laughs> and that happens. That happens when you get people excited and you do it the right way. And then you don't follow through and offer them something for sale. You will get hate mail from people. I kid you not. Um, and that's where you want to get to. You want to get people so excited about your your next book or the next book in your series um, that you know price is not even something they think about. They just click the button, they buy it. They don't even look at the price. They just go buy right. it because they love you. Right. That's yeah. what you want to get to. And you can only do that if you have that mailing list. You know, yeah. you, you, it's it's not something that you can do through Amazon because they they won't tell you who's who. Yeah. I, I, well, I think if you've provided so much value ahead of time that once that sale comes, it's just it's a no brainer. You know, they're, they're already like, well, you've already given me $50 worth of value. Of course, this $10 book is completely reasonable. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right. So, do, so your newsletter or your reader uh, group, it, do you have multiple groups or is it just this one? Like, do you for have me, these- I, just, I just have the one for my, so I've only got one series. So it makes life really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who have multiple series, I would just say just have multiple groups. Mm-hmm. Um, because you set, you set the vast majority of it up um, on kind of autopilot because you know mailchimp or aweber or whatever email service you use does 99 percent of this automatically you know you can write these emails ahead of time and they're all ready to go when someone signs up and they come out at different frequencies you just don't have to do anything and then when it's time to launch what you need to do is say right okay I, my science fiction group is going to love this one so i'm going to aim this launch at them mm-hmm. and that's all you need to do really do you ever, um, well, you, already, you only have one list. Do you have like a, a writer's list too for the people that you're trying to market your? Yes, I do. I've, I've got, yeah. um, it's very clearly split between, you know, my fiction customers and my, my nonfiction guys who are, who are self-published authors, who, who I, you know, give them an insane amount of free stuff as well um, before even mentioning that there's anything for sale. 
Uh, exact same process on either side, um, just different products. Um, so you have a course called Your First 10,000 Readers, and that's what you sell to writers. I imagine some of the stuff we already talked about is in that. Does it expand upon all this? Does it, does it really like nail the three um, you know, uh, steps to the traffic, conversion, and um, engagement? Like, what, yes, what, is, what, was, what does your first 10,000 readers give you? It, it gives you the system I just talked about. So by mm-hmm. the end of it, you have this kind of fully functioning marketing system that works in the background. So taking you all the way from, I've published a book, oh my God, what do I do now? To, oh, look, I've had 50 subscribers today and I've had 100 sales from my last email. And I'm mm-hmm. running some Facebook ads that are converting really well. And my readers are sending in feedback and I'm getting all these great reviews. You know, that's what I want to get people to. Having the ability to go, I need to get 100 reviews. I'll just send an email. There you go. I need to get some sales. I just send an email. There you go. And then also building it up in the background as well. So it covers literally A to Z, everything that you need to have in place to make this system work for you. That's beautiful. That's, um, that's amazing. Yeah, so paid, so paid advertising. So you, you do at some point uh, suggest to go and actually do like Facebook targeted ads and such? That's the, the last module in the course. The final mm-hmm. module is all about Facebook ads. And the reason for that is um, if you're paying for advertising, I want to make like 600% sure that you have the system set up first. Mm-hmm. Because if you are paying, because essentially you're paying for traffic here. If you're paying for traffic that's not converting, then you're wasting your money. So I want to make sure that you have that system in place first that does the converting and selling before you start paying for traffic. And if that's set up properly, you can start to see you know, measurable um, ROI on your ad spend. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to get to. But you have to do all the other stuff first, yeah. really, to get it up and running. So that's left to the end. But I, do, I cover that as well because it's very important. Great way to scale. Perfect way to scale. And another thing that's wonderful about Facebook ads um, is, and that's wonderful about other advertising, is with Facebook ads, you can control your exposure. So it's not a case of applying for a Facebook ad, really. <laughs> I mean, they do have certain you know, um, content rules you have to abide by, but they don't have a schedule. You just run them whenever you want. Right. And if you, if you want to get um, a huge boost of traffic, you just spend more. And then when you want to get less, you spend less. There's no kind of dilly-dallying. Um, you have complete control, more or less, over that process. So great way to scale. You know, there's millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of fiction readers um, on Facebook. You know, they are your readers, your customers. So they're on Facebook every single day. You need to be on there as well. But only when you have the uh, the system, the funnels set up and working for you. How do you go about targeting on Facebook? Do you, do you dive into that in your... Course. Yeah, there's there's multiple ways. I mean, what we do is um, we have traffic coming to our um, reader magnet pages on our own website um, because you know we've got perma free books, we've got various other ways of getting traffic to our sites. We can put a little Facebook pixel on there uh, that's going to track everybody who visits, and then we can send Facebook ads to them. Mm. So we can say, for example, oh, um, this you know Jane, uh, we don't know their names. Facebook does, but we don't. Let's say you know Jane. Um, visited your website, but didn't sign up, you know, didn't like the look of your book. Sorry. Um, but you can then send ads to Jane, which say, Hey, did you forget something? Don't forget about your free book. Go grab it here. For example. Yeah. Or you can send ads to people, you know, Jack visited your website, then signed up. You can send different ads to him. 
you know, just really segmenting and targeting. Um, you can create lookalike audiences, which is where Facebook takes um, an example of your key customers, the key readers you're aiming for, and then looks for similar people on Facebook as well. So you can reach new people that way. And then there's um, interests targeting as well, which is very exciting, which yeah. is where you look at, you know, I want to send this ad, a thriller book, to people who like David Baldacci. For example, and I, I mentioned David Bardacci because he's one of the ones that converted quite well for me. So I can send ads to people who like David Baldacci's page. You know, it's great. You have almost unlimited options as to who you target and the creatives that you can use and the tracking and the metrics are just astounding. Just, yeah, I can just picture you in your office as like a mad scientist, all these beakers and stuff, and you were just cooking up some crazy voodoo magic and applying it all yeah, on Facebook exactly. is pretty, it's pretty amazing. I can't, I can't believe where we are today with this type of stuff. Um, it's, it's great. the control that I love because this yeah. is this kind of, this kind of exposure, this potential we haven't, this is the first time in history that somebody, you know, can start their own business as a solopreneur mm-hmm. and reach everyone on the planet. You know, this yeah. is the first moment in history this has ever happened. And I want to tell everyone about it. You know, yeah. get on it, Pete. Yeah. It's, it's almost a complete de-evolution de- of the industrial era where it went from the solo person to becoming corporations. And then now it's going back in the other direction. <laughs> yes. That's pretty. It's uh, yeah, it is about time. We used to all be entrepreneurs when we made shoes and stuff. The guy down the street, but- the butcher. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. So, okay. 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 So let's let's talk like if you're a first time author, what would what would your just your first bit of advice be for them to get started on this journey from from you know getting their first book out to signing up with you? Build your mailing list. Focus on that. You are, as a, as a debut author, you are not going to make any money. I can promise you that. It's not going to happen. Focus on building readership. That's what's going to get you income. That's what's going to get you exposure. That's what's going to get you control. So don't focus on selling stuff when you first get started. Focus on attracting readers who love you. How do you attract readers if you don't have a magnet? In you the need beginning. to in the beginning. Need, well, you need to create one. It doesn't have to be a book. You don't have to give away a book. You can give away something. Um, <laughs> preview chapters to your next book. Deleted scenes. Um, I've had people in my student group who have done um, artwork. Um, who have done audio versions, who have done um, kind of analyses, who have done character histories, you know, little, you know, 2,000 word character histories. You know, nothing, doesn't have to be war and peace, but you do have to have something to offer in return for people signing up because they won't otherwise. You know, mm-hmm. the story earlier, going from 14 subscribers a month to, you know, hundreds a week, that mm-hmm. was because I was offering them something. Yeah. Something that they want, something that they're interested in. That's the key thing. So if you don't have something, go make it. I am so amped to go make something <laughs> right now. I wanna, I'm going to create something and put it up like this week. I think that that should be everyone's goal at the end of this episode is to just make something and put it up and get some people on your list. This is great. Nick, um, before we end, where can people find out more about you? So I've, I've talked a little bit today um, about the three-step formula. Um, if you go check out your first 10 kreaders.com, you can sign up for some free video training 
that will take you through everything, you know, completely free. There's about 90 plus minutes worth of material there that's going to take you through that process that we talked about today, the, the how to get traffic, how to convert that traffic into email addresses. And then the key thing for me in video three uh, that a lot of authors struggle with is, you know, how do I sell? You know, we're authors. We, we kind of write stuff and then we hide in our little creative cave and hope the world leaves us alone. <laughs> so the thought of going out there and having to, you know, in your head, stand in front of the market, you know, market square and kind of pitch your book to everyone is, is the fear, right? And that's not the reality. So video three is probably people's favorite. Um, mm. Once you've got the videos one and two kind of under your belt, video three is all about how to sell without coming off like, you know, Mr. Sleazy Pants. You know, how to build that value and get people desperate to buy from you. You know, getting to that point where if you don't sell, they're going to kill you, you know, <laughs> because yeah. they want it so much. That sounds um, like and an that's excellent market good. position. <laughs> well, that's where you want to be. So those free videos are at your first 10kreaders.com. If you want to learn more, go check it out there. You can sign up and get the first video straight away. And your first 10K is in the number 1010K? That's right. Your first 10kreaders.com. Gosh, Nick, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm I'm pretty damn inspired right now, I must admit. Well, just you go out on the porch, you listen to those scorpions chirping Man, away. I'm gonna, so I'm, gonna I'm gonna have to kick them away because there's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wear my heavy boots. Yep. Um all right, Nick. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show and um God, I hope to have you on some other time where you can talk about your new freaking science, mad science strategies and uh blow us all away again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'd like to thank Nick for appearing on the show. And on to that fun little announcement. The giveaway this week is special. I'm giving away a Kindle with Nick's books, reader magnets, and supercharger Kindle sales. You can use this Kindle to read your own books, to test your books, to read other people's books, and to read Nick's books. It's great. Head over to bleedingink.fm. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-I-N-K.fm and find Nick's episode to enter. Giveaways end two weeks from an episode's air date. Good luck. The ink is run dry. See you next time.